Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I, you can see how I'm doing. My cold is probably a little worse, so I sound quite hoarse. But I am here with you, and I'm honored to be. I'm happy to be. And I pray that you're well. Um, beloved, um, a, a video was sent to me of a podcast I did. I I think it was last month. I don't have the date uh, before me. And um, it was, uh, I was reading an article from the very well-loved, respected, trustworthy LifeSite News. As I read it, I was commenting on it. And it had to do what is with what is going on in the Vatican and with the Pope's um, uh, statement on the new humanism and other things. I... I I um, I don't have it before me, and I, I don't want to reread it to you. But I went through that, and I commented as I went through, freshly commented it. I didn't prepare comments for you. I just read it through and commented, which is often not a very good idea. And in this case, apparently it wasn't. <clears throat> and I don't want you to go hunt for that, because I, I uh, it, it, it shouldn't be uh, reviewed. But the the reason I'm mentioning it is because it gave opportunity to the devil um, because I was criticizing what was going on at the Vatican. Um, I called much of what was happening demonic, um, and I, and I was clear to say that I'm not saying the Pope is demonic, but that what he is doing and what's happening at the Vatican is, well... I did give room for the devil in that one. One gentleman, a Protestant, um, took that podcast and um, he titled it "None Calls the Pope the Devil," which is, of course, false. I would not call the Pope the devil. He's not the devil. And I was, I was uh, really struck by it. Someone sent me the video. They were objecting to some of the things I said because I said them so strongly. Um, but they sent me a video, not just of the podcast, but of someone, what someone made of the podcast. And I am deeply sorry for that, because in our criticism, um, number one, we should be careful, and I was not very careful. I was just freely commenting as I read through the article. Um, and... Um, and we give the devil an opportunity. And so the Protestant gentleman who who filmed it and who added comments and all of that was sincere in his belief, but I think I gave him um, food to believe that the Protestant view of the Catholic Church, which is often... Uh, uh, I was taught when I was an evangelical that it's Satan's system. 
well, apparently he believes the same and it gave him support for that. So it is not Satan's system. It is the church our Lord established on earth. I'm awfully sorry for that podcast. Do I mean what I said? Well, I did mean what I said, but it wasn't prudent and it wasn't well said and it wasn't prepared. And if we just talk off the top of our heads at times, that could cause great damage. So for whatever damage that podcast, that podcast caused, I'm deeply sorry for that. Um, and it has uh, taught me uh, a few lessons. We, we need to be responsible about our speech, about our responses, about our emotions, about our thoughts, <clears throat> and about how we affect others, and that we don't give the devil an opportunity. Um, we want to speak about our faith. We want to speak clearly, but we don't want to be foolish about it. I came across, um, so again, I, I want to say that um, I'm I'm truly sorry for that podcast. Had I to do it all over again, I would do it very differently. I would read the Pope's paper and prepare a response and not just talk off the top of my head, which is, which is foolish um, and, um, and can, and in this case did cause uh, a number of problems. Um, and I don't want that as an example for anybody. So don't use it as an example. If that Protestant gentleman is listening, um, dear brother, um, I do not disrespect what you did because I understand what you did and what you felt was support for what you believe. Um, and I think you said this is a true sister, uh, meaning that I love Jesus. Well, I do love Jesus, but so do Catholics, dear brother. And I want you to know that the Catholic Church is not the whore of Babylon. It is not Satan's system. It is the church our Lord established on earth. It is the road to heaven. It is the way to heaven. And our Lord is in charge of building his church and in charge of who he allows to be uh, our Lord's vicar on earth. If it seems that some of the popes along the way have been very different, have been confusing, uh, even have been wrong at times, they're human beings, and we need to pray for them, and we need to pray for Pope Francis. Um, I would not dare say that he is not doing his best. I do not say that Pope, the Pope is demon-possessed or demonic in any way whatsoever. I, in fact, I don't not just not say it. I don't believe it. I don't believe that he's demonic. I've never even suggested that. And some have thought, because I've commented on some of the things being done, on some of the plans, uh, as as what I see as demonic, some of the plans for the church, for the new humanism, for the, the more recent Pachamama worship, all of that. Because I see something as demonic, I don't conclude that the people who do it are demonic. I could never, ever conclude that. All sin is not from God. What not, what is, and I can't even say it's sin, is my response to it. Um, but if it is sin, if it is off uh, base, 
uh, I do not accuse the Pope or anyone else of being demonic. I do not. And you might say, uh, two and two is four, it's not true. We do many, many things um, as sinners, which we all are, including the Pope. We do many things that are sinful. It does not mean we're demonic. It may mean we're even guided by the devil. It does not mean we're demonic. Um, an exorcist can tell you who is demonic. Many people have had um, many views. I don't understand this Pope, I will tell you that. But he has a view um, that is not mine. And I. so it's, it's strange to me. Um, it's, it's a view on humanity and on the, um, uh, the need to reach out to every soul that is, again, uh, f- foreign to me. I am one narrow-minded uh, human being who loves the church. But we see, the Apostle Paul says, we see through a glass dimly. And we cannot always judge not just what a human being is doing, but what God is doing. Jesus is the one who said, I will build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail. This is his church. This is his church. Our Protestant friend would say there are true believers within the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church, my dear brother, is the true church, and you need to come and be in it and receive the fullness of grace God has given and all the sacraments. You need to come and be Catholic. Now, again, I cannot judge what the Pope is doing. Um, I can. Uh, Our Lord said that we are to judge acts, but we cannot judge the heart. We cannot judge motives. We cannot do that. And I don't do that with this Pope. I've been grieved at many things. Many people have. It's not a hard thing to say. But we cannot... um, um, we cannot take God's position in in judging the heart. We need to leave it to our Lord to know what to do with who he has allowed to be his victor, vicar on earth. What do we do? We live our faith in holiness. We pray. We come against error. Yes, we do. And we live the truth. And I found a letter from... Uh, that was written by King Louis of France, King Louis the Ninth, and it was. Uh, this is somewhat known. It's his last instructions to his eldest son. This is King Louis the Ninth of France. Um, uh, let me just see. And so he called his son Philip. This is a good example of of how we should be. This is a wonderful saintly. Uh, Catholic um, king. And he called um, his son, who he called my Lord Philip, and he commanded him, as if by testament, I'm reading this now, to observe all the teachings he had left him, which are here and after set down in, um, um, in French by the king's own hand. Now I'm reading it in English. <clears throat> And he begins, Fair son, the first thing I would teach thee is to set thine heart to love God, for unless he love God, none can be saved. Okay. Now, we had a question yesterday 
from, I don't know if it was a man or woman, it was written anonymously, and I, I suspect that it may not have been a legitimate question, because he said, I'm a good person, I'll just say he for the moment, I'm a good person, I do good works, I'm somewhere between pagan and atheist, am I going to hell? That was his question. I cannot, nobody can say who's going to hell or not. Nobody can say that. Um, and it was a, a strange question because for one to call themselves a good person, they need to have a barometer. And if they're somewhere between a pagan and an atheist, then they're saying they don't much believe in God. So what is their standard for goodness? But the fact is, nobody gets into heaven by being good. Many people go to hell by doing many good things. And Jesus said in the Gospel of Matthew, they're going to knock on his door, heaven's door, and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, let us in. And we did that, we did this, we did that. And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. You see? We do not get into heaven without good works, but we don't get into heaven by our works. It is faith that saves us. Faith and the fruit of faith is works. But it's not just the fruit of faith, beloved. It's the necessary fruit of faith. God has given us the commandments to keep, and he has poured his spirit, if we are baptized, into us in order to keep them. And we must. It's not an option. It's not an option. So King Lewis says, Fair son, the first thing I would teach thee is to set thine heart to love God, for unless he love God, none can be saved. You see, whoever wrote that question yesterday, there's your answer. If you're a pagan, if you're an atheist, you do not love God. And there could be no salvation for you unless you love God. I cannot tell you you're going to hell. No human being can know that. But if you are in hell, eventually, it will be you who puts yourself there. King Louis said to his son Philip, Keep thyself from doing aught that is displeasing to God. That is to say, from mortal sin. Contrarywise, thou should suffer every manner of torment rather than commit a mortal sin. What I did on that podcast, I cannot judge as mortal sin. What made it so grievous to me, I was upset, I was angry as I was reading. It is not a proper way to teach the faith. It is not a proper uh, response. Um, The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And if you say, Mother Miriam, we need you to speak the truth, we need you to speak boldly, don't apologize, don't take it back. I must, if I set a poor example, I must apologize to you. That was kind of off the cuff, and it was my own reactions, and it was not wise. It was not prudent. And so, do I think it was mortal sin? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think that. But our Lord said that if we cause scandal, uh, then we, we commit a grave sin. So only God can judge our sin. We cannot always judge that. Um, and King Louis says we should suffer every manner of torment rather than commit a mortal sin. Again, 
um, a mortal sin needs to be committed knowingly and willingly. And I don't think that fit the description of my podcast. So I don't say it's mortal, but, and I cannot judge the degree of sin, but I certainly gave the devil an opportunity um, to come against God and his church. And for that, I'm deeply sorry. Um, and it was lack of prudence. So I don't know how much I need to say to, to make it sin. If I've caused anyone to stumble, then it's sin. King Louis goes on to his son. If God send thee adversity, receive it in patience and give thanks to our Savior and bethink thee that thou hast deserved it and that he will make it turn to thine advantage. If he send thee prosperity, then thank him humbly so that thou becomest not worse from pride or any other sense when thou oughtest to be better, for we should not fight against God with his own gifts. You see that? If God has given us prudence, if he's given us the gifts of the Spirit, excuse me, part of my cold, we should not use them to um, speak in ways that are not profitable that do not honor God. We're in very rough times, beloved. And if we speak in such a way that is not becoming for Catholics, if we begin to act out in anger, in rebellion, in all of that, um, do we have a right? We have a right. Will we honor God? I can't tell you that. Um, whether we honor him or not at times. In, 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 in rebelling against evil. I cannot tell you that. It depends on the circumstance. Um, but we're not going to give the world an example of what a Catholic is. And we need to be witnesses. And if the devil has a plot in this, it is to turn Catholics from virtue and from all the gifts God has given them and to act at times worse than the world. King Louis goes on to say, Confess thyself often, and choose for thy confessor a right worthy man who knows how to teach thee what to do and what not to do, and bear thyself in such, sh- in such sort that thy confessor and thy friends shall dare to reprove thee for thy misdoing. Listen to the services of Holy Church devoutly and without chattering, and pray to God with thy heart, and with thy lips, and especially at Mass, when the consecration takes place, let thy heart be tender and full of pity toward those who are poor and miserable and afflicted, and comfort and help them to the utmost of thy power. Maintain the good customs of thy realm and abolish the bad. Be not covetous against thy people and do not burden them with taxes and imposts save when thou art in great need. Now again, this is King Louis' uh, advice to his son Philip. King Louis continues. King Louis the Ninth. If thou hast any great burden weighing upon thy heart, tell it to thy confessor, 
or some right worthy man who is not full of vain words, thou shalt be able to bear it more easily. See that thou hast in thy company men, whether religious or lay, who are right worthy and loyal and not full of covetousness, and confirm with the, confer with them often, and fly and eschew the company of the wicked. Hearken willingly to the word of God, and keep it in thine heart, and seek diligently after prayers and indulgences. Love all that is good and profitable, and hate all that is evil, wheresoever it may be. <clears throat> Let none be so bold as to say before thee any word that would draw um, or move to sin, or so bold as to speak evil behind another's back for pleasure's sake. Do nor do thou suffer any word in disparagement of God and of his saints to be spoken in thy presence. Well, I think you could take my podcast as my speaking in disparagement of the Pope. And if I did that, beloved, that's, I don't know, how do you separate that from disparagement of God? Because the Pope is his representative on earth. And some people say, well, I don't believe that. I think he's false. I think he's this. He's the, well, that's what you think. But you're not God, and I'm not God, and we do not know. And we must respect the office of Pope, of Cardinal, of Bishop, of Priest. We must respect that. We must help those that have gone astray, and we must pray for them, and we must leave their judgment to God. <clears throat> King Louis says, Give often thanks to God for all the good things he has bestowed on thee, so that thou be accounted worthy to receive more. He continues, In order to do justice and right to thy subjects, be upright and firm, turning neither to the right hand nor to the left, but always to what is just. And do thou maintain the cause of the poor, until such a time as the truth is made clear. And if anyone has an action against thee, make full inquiry until thou knowest the truth. For thus shall thy counselors judge the more boldly according to the truth, whether for, the, for thee or against thee. <clears throat> if thou boldest ought that belong to another, whether by thine own act or the act of thy predecessors, and the matter be certain, make restitution without delay. Okay, I'm going to read that again. This is old language and a little bit confusing. If thou boldest aught that belong to another, you speak against another. You're bold against judging them whether by thine own act or the act of thy predecessors, and the matter be certain, make restitution without delay. If the matter be doubtful, cause inquiry to be made by wise men diligently and promptly. I did not do that. I read an article and commented off the cuff. Were my comments wrong? The fact that I commented that way was wrong. 
um, again, there's a way to say things. If my comments were factually right, then I have ruined them by an imprudent manner of uh, discussing them. And it says, if the matter be doubtful, and I am doubtful on some of these things, um, cause inquiry to be made by wise men diligently and promptly. Give heed that thy servants and thy subjects live under thee in peace and uprightness. Now that's the king, his advice to his son who will be king. Especially maintain the good cities and commons of thy realm in the same estate and with the same franchises as they enjoy under thy predecessors. And if there be aught to amend, amend and set it right, and keep them in thy favor and love. <clears throat> oh, beloved, if I have uh, what to amend for, and I think I do, I believe I do, um, I am uh, asking your forgiveness for my rashness and imprudence and speaking out so boldly against the Vatican, against what the Holy Father is doing, um, and not just to keep you in my favor and love, but for fear that I may have dishonored God in any way and in your sight. So uh, for that, I apologize. Um, And um, here, let me just... Okay, I, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll continue this after the break, but that is our break music. Beloved, some of you won't agree. Uh, you'll be disappointed that I'm apologizing. Don't be disappointing. Pointed. There's a way the scriptures say that seem right to them a man, but its end is death. Many people have misconceptions about the Catholic faith. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, drivers will be inspired to tune in and learn what the Catholic Church truly teaches and why. Request your free Catholic radio bumper magnets today. Visit thestationofthecross.com and click the Promote tab at the top of our website. That's thestationofthecross.com. Then click the Promote tab. Thank you for supporting Catholic Radio and helping to spread the gospel message to everyone else on the road. Tune in weekdays from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at FaithfulInsight.com and may God bless you. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to uh, Mother Miriam Live. Excuse me with this cold. I'm thrilled to be with you. And we've, I've been reading a letter of uh, King Louis IX's last instructions to his elder son, who would uh, take his place, his son Philip. And um, I've been doing it, uh, one, because it's a fantastic letter of a Catholic father to his son. And secondly, it's very instructive to us and um, helps ex- explain, excuse me, it helps explain what my podcast of last month, when I was speaking, re- reading an, an, uh, a, li- a LifeSite article on the Pope's plan for the new humanism and other things, and I spoke out so boldly, and I think stupidly and foolishly, did I say what I meant? Yeah, I said what I meant. I said what I thought. But that's not always the best thing to do. Now I have the hiccups. Excuse me a moment. They say a spoonful of sugar. The song says makes the medicine go down. And that was to make the hiccups go away. Hopefully it'll work. It'll have worked. Um, again, I've received comments on that podcast that I did. Um, I actually um, the 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 comments have not been so bad. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> what has been awful is that I gave the devil an opportunity through that for one dear Protestant brother to take that and verify what he and other Protestants think of the Pope and the Catholic Church. And the title was, None Says the Pope is a Devil. Of course, I never said that, and I wouldn't, and I don't believe it. I don't, I I made clear in that podcast, at least I said it, perhaps I didn't make it clear, that I believed some of the things that were being proposed were demonic but I said, I do not believe the Pope is demonic. I I can separate those two very well. But I caused many people to be quite upset with that. Um, I say many. I don't know that. I heard from one or two, actually. But that's enough for me to know that I acted imprudently. And so by way of apology, um, I'm supporting my apology and... Um, uh, let's say, chastising myself uh, uh, before you even more by reading King Louis IX's good instructions to his son, Philip. Now, I know we have <clears throat> one caller on the line, Krista, and we have emails, but I'm I'm going to just finish reading this this letter. Excuse me. 
It's very important. If I what calls I don't get to today, beloved, we'll get to all of you next week. But this is just too important. Um, Krista, dear, if you listen, uh, um, I've got the gist of your question, um, uh, and I and I think we'll have time for me to get to you. But listen carefully to this, and I think you'll probably have your answer. <clears throat> King Louis goes on to say to his son Philip, Love and honor all persons belonging to Holy Church and see that no one take away or diminish the gifts and alms paid to them by thy predecessors. It is related of King Philip, my grandfather, that one of his counselors once told him that those of Holy Church did him much harm and damage in that they deprived him of his rights and diminished his jurisdiction, and that it was a great marvel that he suffered it. And the good king replied that he believed this might well be so, but he had regard to the benefits and courtesies that God had bestowed on him, and so thought it better to abandon some of the rights than to have any contention with the people of Holy Church. I absolutely agree with that, beloved. Some people say, but this was wrong, or that was wrong, and you have a right to speak out. Excuse me. Excuse me, beloved. You have a right to speak out. You have a right to do this. You weren't wrong. It's not the point. It is not the point. Um, He says it's better to abandon some of his rights than have any contention with the people of Holy Church. To thy father and mother, King Louis says to his son, Thou shalt give honor and reverence, and thou shalt obey their commandments. Bestow the benefits of Holy Church on persons who are righteous and of a clean life, and do it on the advice of men of worth and uprightness. Three tiny paragraphs left, beloved. This is too wonderful for us, uh, for me not to complete this. Beware, King Louis says, Beware of undertaking a war against any Christian prince without great deliberation. Did you hear that? Beware of undertaking a war against any Christian prince without great deliberation. I failed in that last month in that podcast. I did not have great uh, deliberation. I just spoke off the top of my head. From my heart, indeed. But no great prayer or deliberation. So again, beware of undertaking a war against any Christian prince, Pope included, without great deliberation. And if it has to be undertaken, see that thou do no hurt to Holy Church and to those that have done thee no injury. If wars and dissensions arise among thy subjects, see that thou appease them as soon as thou art able. Well, I'm trying to appease them. Uh, but uh, several weeks later, and at the suggestion of a very good and wonderful priest. Um, Actually, two very good and wonderful holy priests. Um, uh, and, And others as well. King Louis continues, Use diligence to have good provosts and bailiffs, 
and inquire often of them and of those of thy household how they conduct themselves. And if there be found in them any vice of inordinate covetousness or falsehood or trickery, labor to free thy hand from all vile iniquity and especially strike down with all thy power evil, swearing, and heresy. See to it that the expense of thy household be reasonable. Well, I was trying to strike down what I considered heresy, but in a very, very poor way that is not going to benefit the faithful or those involved in the act. So, beloved, a very one short two sentences when we come back from our break, then I'll take your calls. Don't go away and feel free to call in. Toll free, one 511 5483 We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, I've been reading a letter of King Louis IX to his son Philip, and I'm going to conclude with his last paragraph. Um, And those of you who might be joining us late, I've never urged you to uh, 
uh, read, uh, listen to a podcast from the beginning once the Station of the Cross has it up, or you can listen to it or watch it live streamed on LifeSite News as well later or on Facebook. <clears throat> but I ask you to listen to this one because I, I, I want to make a um, a mea culpa, as we say, my fault. That's what that means. A mea culpa, um, an apology for those I may have um, either caused scandal by criticizing the Pope or um, may have led in a wrong way by criticizing him in such a poor way. Um, The issue was my simply reading a LifeSite article, which is no no problem with LifeSite, no problem with the article, simply reporting the news. LifeSite is... Uh, absolutely number one top top and so is the station of the cross and so um my two favorite apostolates so it it, there was nothing wrong in the article i read what was wrong is my response to it that i hadn't prepared i hadn't prayed over it i hadn't responded in 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 a mature proper way i simply spoke off the top of my head the top of my tongue which is never good and i was angry and i accused much of what was happening as being demonic because i believe that but that uh was misinterpreted uh, as if I had said that the Pope was demonic, which I didn't say, and it's not that I simply refrained from saying it, I do not believe that. I do not believe that the Pope is demonic. There are many things that are confusing. I don't understand them, many things that appear to go against the faith, but we need to be careful how we criticize. We need to be careful about our responses. It's not helpful to anybody when we speak against those that God has put over us. And that was very poor on my part. Um, King Louis says this, and uh, father, fathers, I would wish every father would be able to say this to his son. Finally, my very dear son, cause masses to be sung for my soul and prayers to be said throughout thy realm and give to me a special share and full part in all the good thou doest. Fair, dear son, I give thee all the blessings that a good father can give to his son. And may the blessed Trinity and all the saints keep and defend thee from all evils. And God give thee grace to do his will always, so that he be honored in thee, and that thou and I may both, after this mortal life is ended, be with him together and praise him everlastingly. Amen. Is that a saint or what? Is that a saintly father, beloved, or what? Papa, you need to model yourself after King Louis and be that heroic role model for your son. We're going to go to your calls and emails right now, beloved. I know we don't have too much time. We'll we'll take as many as we can. And we have a very patient Krista that's been waiting on the line from Massachusetts. Are you there, dear one? Yes, hi, Mother. Um, hi, Krista. I just had, a, I had have a uh, goddaughter, and she got engaged and moved in with a man, and also he's 
also Jewish. And I try calling to Carrie and say maybe we could talk. No, but hold on a second. I'm not. Sorry. Maybe you could speak the t- a tiny bit louder and a, a little bit clearer. I'm missing some of your words. You have a daughter, she got engaged, and I think you said she moved in with a Jewish man, is that right? Yes, and I tried to contact her and she didn't respond, so I I ended up writing a letter and I just, I said, not in like condemning kind of thing, but just saying, you know, uh, you know, I, cl- I cleared up that, you know, please understand you know, that I didn't have any problem with Jewish people. I have great respect for them, but the idea that also that there can be they have she has to think of issues because uh they in especially if it came to raising children you know uh and that as a catholic we're supposed to, we are obligated to raise them as catholic and you know there could be tensions and that they need to really discuss and think about this and also you know and then i and i did mention that i just that uh also with living together it's not really God doesn't want people, you know, to be living together outside of marriage because it's that's something that's reserved. It's a special for marriage, and no, and uh, I won't go into the but basically. I, and I just I stressed, you know, a couple of times that you know I love her and I totally support her, both of them. But you know, that these are things that uh, I just felt needed to be said as a, as a godmother. And she responded back right. He was very angry, and she was going to cut me out of her life. But then writing back because of her mother, she said, uh, all right, we just can't talk about anything again. But you now when I saw her at Christmas, she doesn't speak or doesn't look, and I just don't know what I should do from this point on. It sounds, Krista, that though she's your goddaughter, um, you may not have had a very close relationship with her all these years. Is that fair to say? We had been very close up until like when uh, there were some years in high school that she just was, had issues with all uh, that she was experiencing going through, and she kind of didn't talk among anybody really much. Well, at let, all. let me interrupt you, Krista. What I'm saying specifically is the role of a godmother is to lead her godchild in the way of God, and my guess is that that has not been a life pattern. So that, am I right that way? Young, and I used to take her to church when she was young with me, and I would, when you she know, was young. Uh, yeah. And when? then I, I would every Christmas I would give her in her birthday I would give her things that about faith, the faith. And I understand, like I but you that. see, all of a sudden, apparently she's not living her Catholic faith, and um, to to to. Um, it's it very difficult to jump into someone's life because you're her godmother and and make those claims because she's not really not Catholic. She's not living as a Catholic. She doesn't believe as a Catholic. And somehow that relationship between you and her was not nurtured. And obviously between her parents and her. So you're very right. She should not be marrying the Jewish man. She should certainly not be living with him out of wedlock and um you're not you're right to tell her these things um i would write her a letter dear one and i'd say i am your godmother i may have not been um as helpful to you in your faith through the years as i i might have been um and apparently you've drawn away from your catholic faith 
because to live with a man outside of uh, marriage is a mortal sin, is a very grave sin. And if you say you love a man and yet would lead him on the road to hell, which is what is happening here, you could say to her, you could be angry at me, I'll I'll accept that, but but your soul is at stake here because both of you are on the road to hell by living in mortal sin. Um, And that's not love. That is not love. What would be love is for you to separate from each other, live separately, and truly discern uh, whether or not you should be married because the Apostle Paul says to not be unequally yoked. So... She could cut you off, but if you write her a good letter in love, giving her scripture, saying, I know this is an awful letter for you to receive from me because I haven't followed up with this, you know, all our years together. But it's it's a bit desperate now because um, I do believe you're living in, in grave, grave sin. And I'll do anything I can to help you. I'll pray for you. I want to support you, but I cannot support the choices you're making in life because they are not going to lead you to heaven. Okay. okay. What do you think about What's that? Can you, can you do that? Uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering because she, she responded back in such anger and her... Uh, well, you can't yeah. speak with her. You need yeah. to write a very sound, loving, truthful letter. That's what you need to do. And and don't worry about her response or her anger. But put it in a letter. Don't mail it. Leave, leave it go for a day or two. Reread it. See that it's loving. And even though it's truthful, it's going to hurt her. She's going to disagree with it. But it's there. And pray for her. And the Holy Spirit can use it. Don't beat around the bush, Krista. You need to say, sweetheart, I love you. I I want to support, not I support you. I cannot support you in your current situation. I want to support you. I want to do anything I can to help you. But I would be remiss and there'd be no love in me for you whatsoever if I did not tell you that you are in mortal sin you are in very grave sin to live together with a man outside of marriage. Plus, um, you say you love him, you're engaged, and yet you're putting him in a position also of being on the road to hell by living in such uh, immorality. That's what love, faithful are the wounds of a friend, that's what love does, Krista. It's not easy. Don't worry about what she thinks of you. Worry about what she thinks of God and her soul. Okay. All right, dear. I'm going to take... What's that? Thank you, Mother. You're welcome, sweetheart. I'm going to take an email from Mark who says, Mother Miriam, uh, below is copied and pasted the questions I send to AHC. That's the Association of Hebrew Catholics. It's the association that my brother David heads which I am also now posting, posing to you. <clears throat> um, let's see now. Um, Mark says, I'm a convert to the Catholic Church in 2005. Great, Mark. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And I'm having an email discussion with a Protestant Christian friend. 
Below is my comment, beginning with two, uh, that's below, number two, followed by my friend's response. I'm having a discussion with a Protestant Christian friend. Okay. Um, Please comment on, quote, Jewishness is not defined by race, end quote. I'm still thinking that a Jew can be defined by race, even if he or she is not religious and possibly does not identify for whatever reason with the nation of Israel. Mark says, there is the Jew of faith, the Jew of race, and the convert to Judaism. Very, very difficult, Mark, on this one, because the, the Jewish people consider someone Jewish if they're born from the mother. If you look at the Old Testament, the genealogy is always from the father. But now, with the records of the temple destroyed in 70 AD, there's no real genealogy. And so people say we're not always quite sure who the father is. We should be, but we're not. But we always know who the mother is. We always know who the child is born from. So if you're born from a Jewish mother, then you're really Jewish. If you're born from a Jewish father, you may or may not be Jewish. You know, uh, that's, that's the thinking. And so when I grew up, well, we were born from Jewish mother and father and grandparents and everybody all the way back. But we knew we were Jewish because we came from Jewish seed. We knew that. Um, if someone converted to Judaism, uh, I guess that would depend. But um, on on their conversion, if they truly intended to live as a Jew, um uh, uh, and it wasn't some convenience. Uh, in the Old Testament, that's just what God wanted to do, people to do, to be a light to the people, to live in the midst of the nations as a peculiar people, that they might come and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <clears throat> um, and so many Jews today are not religious, but they still consider themselves Jews. More conservative Jewish people will say, it doesn't matter who you're born from, it doesn't matter uh, what you identify as, uh, you're not Jewish unless you really practice Judaism. So it's quite confusing. And Mark has written more here, and I'm going to have to continue um, on Monday with this, because there's quite a bit in this email. So Mark, dear one, we'll start from scratch with your question on Monday. Everyone have a blessed weekend uh, with your new year and fresh Christmas gifts and fresh reminder that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob came for you. God bless you. See you on Monday.